Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's nice to see you all. Uh, I have to be honest, if you had told me 10 years ago I'd be in a Church of England church in such a grandiose building as this, on my 40th birthday, I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, but it's a privilege to be here, and you know, Mike and the team, you know, uh, me and my wife, Jay, just really connected with you guys and just felt uh, a real connection with you. Yesterday was fun on the streets, going out and doing a bit, and uh, the hour that we had, um, some real brave soldiers stepping out your comfort zone, trying something you've never done before. Uh, so, you know, I take my hat off to you. Uh, I know it's not easy. Uh, but what I want to look at today, obviously, in line with the scripture that was on there, <laughs> it's in your Bible. Uh, I just want to look at the whole thing, kind of what, what it means. What does it mean to step out? What does it mean to share your faith? What does it mean to give an answer to people who ask? Or even more than that, to tell them even before they ask. What does that mean? So for me, I think you need to be inspired. I think being inspired, it just kind of gets something flowing. It gets something moving in you. Um, so I want to take this, this time to just credit my mother, who's here today. Uh, I'm very blessed to have her here with me. I don't get to see her too often, and she lives on the other side of the country. Uh, but she's here for my birthday. And I just want to honor my mom just by saying, you know, when we didn't have any Christians uh, in our family at all. Uh, we were raised sort of like staunch Catholics, but it was, if I'm honest, it was, it was more just like a, a religious practice that we did. It was like a sort of taking your coat on and off thing. But when my mother encountered Jesus, uh, it changed, changed everything. Um, so for me, from a young man, uh, I experienced the Holy Spirit. Uh, and my mom's faith, I got to see the Holy Spirit moving. So for me, that was kind of what triggered this thing of, it's more than just church or, or, or singing songs. Actually, there's a power in this thing. And I remember the story that always sticks out to me. She uh, sort of, I guess, changed my life in a way, really, in terms of believing that the, the Holy Spirit was real, believing that Jesus was incarnate, that he was actually on earth, present with you, was when uh, my mother, um, yeah, my mother told, uh, Jesus told my mom to move uh, from where we were living uh, to move to Liverpool, and she didn't want to go. It was the last thing she ever wanted to do, was to move. But she, she asked the Lord, she said, if you bring somebody down the back, a uh, knock on the back door, basically around the back, garden uh, to knock on the door and ask me to buy your, uh, and ask to buy your house, then I'll go. So she said, I'm not putting any for sale signs up, nothing at all. I just wanted, I want to know that this is you. Now my mom was a single lady and she has been for many, many years. She's kind of just, uh, you know, taken that sort of, uh, that vow towards the Lord just to kind of honor, honor him. So she, since she, uh, since I was nine years of age uh, and my dad left, my mom has just honored God in her walk and been a real inspiration. But this, this day she went to God and she said, look, you know, you're the one that I follow. You're the one that I lead. I want you to show me. So she prayed and guess what happened? One day a lady was driving by. She stopped off. She walked down the, the side entrance, down the side path, knocked on the back door and said, have you ever thought about selling your house? That lady went on to buy our house and we moved to Liverpool. And then a new chapter of our lives began. So for me, as a young kid, maybe 12, 13, that sort of age, I, I encountered a power that I'd never encountered before. I, I seen that there's more to this thing than, than um, than going through the motions. It's actually, it's real. There's something that's, that's alive, something that's tangible that you can encounter, express, and feel. And, and that just changed it for me. That changed something. Even though I didn't respond to the Lord in that moment, it stuck with me, you know? Uh, and it was an inspiration for me. And, uh, and I believe that we can all have an encounter with the Holy Spirit 
where something shifts inside of us and that can begin. So for me, this is, when I was praying about this, this, uh, this talk this morning, uh, there was something the Lord spoke to me which, uh, which really kind of, I felt really moved me uh, and I want to share it with you. Uh, this is what I felt the, the Holy Spirit say. God sometimes puts your favor for your future in the hand of your foes. God sometimes puts your favor for your future in the hand of your foes. Now, if we look at the scripture where it says, even if you suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear and do not be frightened. So just to look at verse 14 there. So that kind of says that we, we, we're possibly going to encounter some friction. We're going to encounter some sort of uh, tension when we step out. And what I found was that is exactly true. But what I believe is that in that tension, in that place of fear, in that place of uh, where we have to trust God, there's breakthrough, huge breakthrough. So for me, I want to share what happened, what happened to me. And this kind of, it cha- it's like, it's like uh, I believe like fear, is like, it's like a doorway to your future. It's like if you step into it, you're stepping into a whole new future. Um, and, but you, you, by faith, we step into it by faith. So for me, this is what happened. I was praying. Uh, I wasn't praying, actually, I was painting. Uh, and I remember because I never paint. Uh, so when I tell this story, I always explain to people that, you know, it's not, it wasn't that it was such a profound moment. It was just I was, I never paint, so that's why I always remember it. The wife had sort of nagged me a little bit, so I decided to paint my bedroom. One day I'm painting my bedroom, and I have a vision of me stood in the worst street in our community. This is like, you know, a no-go zone for, for most people. It's full of paramilitaries, bank robbers, drug dealers, gangsters, uh, drug addicts, like I'm not kidding, uh, all in about five bars on one street back to back. But the majority tend to stay in this one particular bar. So here's my vision of me innocently painting, trying to please my wife. And then I have this vision of me stood in the street sharing the gospel. And do you know what I did? I rose up and said, come on, let's go and get them. I didn't, no, I didn't. Do you know what I did? I started to tremble, physically tremble, and felt like a right idiot. I was like, oh man. So I literally, my body was trembling, and I said, God, I can't do that. I can't go to, to those people. Like, I mean, I don't mind going to the ones, you know, on the high street, but I'm not going to this back street here where, you know, people like are very, very dangerous people. But I knew, I knew that I was seeing something. I knew God was letting me into something. So I prayed about it. As, as, as Christians do when we're, when we're stalling for time. I'm going to pray on it. Gonna, I'll just pray on that one for a while. So I prayed on that for a few months and the Holy Spirit kept nudging me, kept nudging me and was like, Scott, come on, come on. So a series of events happened and then eventually I, I decided to go. Uh, I knew the Lord was, was challenging me to go. Now I was afraid. I'm not going to lie. I was petrified. I can't remember the last time I was, you know, before that I was as afraid as, afraid as this. These people are scary people. But I knew I had to go. Now, there was nobody queuing up to come with me, uh, understandably. I think they'd be a bit crazy if they were. Uh, but I knew, you know, I knew the Holy Spirit. I knew the same Holy Spirit that sent the lady down the side of that house to knock on the door and say, I'll buy your house. The same Holy Spirit that hears the prayers, answers the prayers, empowers us to go and share this wonderful gospel. I knew he was with me. So I went, this one day I went, this one night, six, seven o'clock at night on a Sunday night, and I, and I went with this little cube that I bought that I shared with some of you guys yesterday. I used to, used to evangelize this little cube. I went, I put my phone on, put some Christian music on, stood outside this bar, and just waited for the hits. Uh, and that's all I did. I just stood there, played the Christian music. I didn't know what to do. So I stood there. They came out one by one to light a cigarette and have a little smoke. So I thought, okay, I better engage it. So I just started having a little conversation with them. Hey, you know, can, can I pray for you about anything? So I just started praying for these guys. And then I just seen something 
something wonderful happened. Do you know what it was? This awkward moment, this, this moment where I felt like it was so abnormal and so unnatural became so, 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 so normal, so real. Just so effortless is the word I'm looking for. It became so effortless. And what I've learned over the past 15 years of my walk with Jesus is that when you go into a situation you think is awkward and abnormal, it becomes so natural and so effortless. When the Holy Spirit is moving in somebody's life, it becomes effortless. It's so, it's so fluid. It's so natural. Um, and why shouldn't it be? Because this is what we, we were created for, for this, to hear this gospel and to, to be connected with this wonderful creator. So that's what I did. I prayed for these guys and, and it, it was amazing. I was there for about an hour and a half and one guy, he was like filling with tears. He was like, look, he pulled me to the side. He said, look, man, I have, I have a real bad gambling addiction. Uh, you know, could you pray for that? And, and stuff. So I was praying over him and he was like getting really emotional about it. And, and then another guy who was saying, you know, he, he had a violent past. And, and then, so this all went on for about an hour and an hour and a half. The guys left, went in the bar, and do you know what I did? I, I, I ran down that street skipping. I won't demonstrate it. Uh, but I just ran down the street skipping. I was delighted. I was elated. I was, I was just over the moon. And do you know why? Because for, for about nine months, the devil had kept me in this place, this closet of fear, where I didn't feel like I was equipped to step out of it. But I stepped out in faith. I said, God, okay, I'm going to go. And that was the doorway to my future. That, that one night in that bar, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. And, and, I, and what I mean in, in terms of that is I wouldn't be speaking to you right now, I don't believe. I wouldn't be employed as a full-time evangelist um, for nearly three years if it wasn't for that night. <clears throat> I totally know it, 100%, because that was the doorway to my future. And I'll tell you what happened. The second week I went back, and uh, by then, you know, uh, another guy, sort of evangelist guy from our church, he'd heard that I'd went so that gave him a bit of courage and he was like, well, I'll come with you this week. So we both went back, uh, our little army of two, went, went back, stood outside these guys, uh, outside the bar and, and then we were sort of like, well, we better go in maybe. So we dived in and they were all giving us uh, certain signs with the fingers uh, and, and kind of commenting and things like that and, you know, laughing at us. So we, we hung around for a bit, went back outside, played the music, did the thing what, what I did the week before. The bar owner came into my face, comes out the bar. He's about six foot six. He's a big guy very, very well known through the whole community, puts his head against my head and starts screaming threats in my face. I'm gonna kill you, turn that effing music off, what are you doing, etc. Uh, and he just starts going on and on and on. Now I stood here uh, and, uh, and, and to be honest, I felt like I would be absolutely petrified. I felt like I would because the guy's so scary, but I felt at peace with me. Um, I think my friend, he was like sort of more scared than me, you know, and, uh, and we didn't know what to do. And then he said to me, he said, why are you here? And I just said this, empowered by the Holy Spirit. I said, Jesus sent me here. Jesus sent me here. And as soon as I said Jesus, this big hard guy, he backs off like this and he goes, and he starts walking up and down the street and stuff like that. And his mate's trying to calm him down. And, and he walks into the bar next door and he, for about 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, he calls me, calls me out the bar. Uh, he comes out the bar and he says, you, in here now to me. And I said to my friend, look, you stay, man, I'll go, it's okay. So I walked into that bar and I didn't know what was going to happen. I literally, I thought people were just going to jump on me and beat me up and stuff, but I thought, I've got to go. I've come this far, I've got to go. So I went into the bar and he sat there at the bar. He says, I want to buy you a drink. This big, scary, hard guy. So he sits me down, he buys me a Coke because I don't drink. Uh, and he stares me in the face and he says, are you happy? Like that. And I was like, well, I think so, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not. And that was what he said to me. Me and him became friends. I went in the next week. Do you know what happened? 
It was like the Red Sea's part. And he was at the back with all his friends, gambling, playing poker. And I walked in and someone told him I was coming. Everybody moved. He came from the back to me, brought me over to buy me a drink. He said, I want to buy you a drink. He stood there with me and my friend huddled around, looking up to me like I was some sort of guru. Uh, Now what had happened, we'd prayed for his back the week before and all his pain had gone from his back. So suddenly he's saying, I I see this guy differently. Off the back of that, I took uh, a church band into the bar. This is what the guy said to me. He said, no one, the the church has never crossed the street and we've never welcomed the church across the street. That's what he said to me. He says, this is the first time it's ever getting done. I said, look, you know that you know that I don't hold back. He's like, I oh, know, Scott, no. I said, but you know, I'm, t- I'm going to be like bringing, praying for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be like telling him about Jesus. I'm, I'm doing the full works, man. He said, it's okay, you can do it. Um, so, so that's what we did. We went in and we took Jesus into this bar, into this darkest, blackest community uh, bar within our community. We took the Holy Spirit. We took the light of the gospel. And one night, we've done it a few times. Uh, this, this particular guy, the bar owner and his wife came to church uh, w- uh, with me. Uh, they sat there. And the Lord is just all over me. He sent me a message this morning wishing me happy birthday. We've been out walking our dogs together. Uh, it's just incredible uh, what, the, what the Lord's done. But what he's done, he's opened up a future for me. We went there one night and we stood in the bar and I just prayed, Holy Spirit, would you just fill this room now? And you've got some scary looking people in this bar. I mean, you've got people who've killed people, uh, paramilitaries. And I said, look, just fill this place with your Holy Spirit. And one lady, she stood at the bar. She went, I can feel it. I can feel it. And she's like pointing to herself and she started bursting out crying, stood at the bar. And it was just like this, this wave of love just moving through the bar. And the hands went up as I give an altar call in this pub. People responding and putting their hands up and tears. Uh, and it was just incredible things. The lady who burst out crying, she said, I was in a, a town nearby in, in, a, in a bar. And someone said, there's a Christian band in the forge, which is the name of the bar. And she was like, there's no way. She got a taxi from there to the bar to see if they were lying. Gets, gets there and there's these, Christian, there's these Christian guys singing and I got up and shared the gospel and that, late, that lady was restored. Her, her, her faith was restored. She, she met with Jesus. She, before that, she, she was an alcoholic. She was in a mental hospital but Jesus restored her. Another time I was in the bar, I stood up. As I, I brought some of my new believers with me to, stand, uh, to, to come with me to do another event. Uh, some of our new believers, they come from backgrounds of uh, drug addiction, um, you know, drug dealing. So I brought them in with me. But this particular week, one of the head guys from a certain paramilitary organization was there, a man who, who's killed people, a man who's gone in, balaclava on, and shot people dead. Um, very well known in the area. He was in the bar. I took, I took a couple of my guys in, and suddenly the atmosphere just changed because there was a problem from this guy had a problem with a couple of our new believers that were once living this sort of lifestyle. So the atmosphere, you could just cut it with a knife. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? It was like the place was going to erupt. There was phone calls being made. There was hints of, you know, we're going to get the baseball bats. And there was all just this whole thing going on. So it was really, really, uh, really difficult. I had to take one of our new believers home and come back. Uh, and he just got, this tension was there. Anyway, I stood up on the microphone and I just, I wasn't feeling it at all. To be honest, I was like, Lord, I'd rather be at home. It was a Saturday night. I could have been at home, cuddling up with the wife, watching X Factor. But there I am, stood in this scary bar with these people who want to kill me. And, and I'm there, and um, I just stood up. And, and what I was going to do was, I thought, I'd just do a general talk on the microphone. But I thought, no, no, hang on. I, I, I don't want to just do that. I, I want to show God that I, I believe he's here. So this is what happened. The guy that I just referred to, the well-known guy, he stands up, and he stands right in front of me here like this just right in front of me, looking at me like that, as I'm about to speak. So I'm kind of 
like this with the microphone. I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? So do you know what I decided to do? I decided to, to up the ante. As my friend Robbie Dawkins says, uh, turn up the risk. So I decided to turn up the risk. So I started speaking to this individual. I forgot everybody else in the bar. I just said, listen, sir, God, God loves you so much. His hand is on your life, and he just really wants you to know how, how much he loves you. I just pray for you right now. I just started speaking to this guy, this known killer who's brought fear to many. Do you know what he did? He put his head down like that. He looked back at me with tears in his eyes because he felt a love they'd never felt before. And if I hadn't have gone through that doorway, that wouldn't have happened. But I'm no special man. I'm no special man. And I want to talk to you about another man who I don't believe was too special. Uh, David. I want to look at David. I want to look at what he did. David was a man after God's own heart. What made, it, what made David different from anybody else was that David went. David acted on his faith. You all know the story. You've got the battle with Goliath. You've got the whole thing. The whole Israelite army, they're all standing there. What were they all doing? What they were doing was standing around talking about Goliath. That's what they were doing because none of them had the faith to go and face him. So they, so they start, stood around talking. And let's be honest, as Christians, we like to talk a bit, don't we? You know, drink coffee, eat cake and talk. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there is a time for acting on our faith. So this is what happened. You got David, he comes along, this, this, uh, this guy who's just full of faith. Uh, and where did David's faith come from? It came from the presence of God. And where did the presence of God come from? When he was in those fields with his sheep, looking up at the stars, writing songs, just loving on God, just loving God, just adoring him, just worshiping him. The faith rose in him. This boldness rose in him because he, he fell in love with, with his creator, with his maker, with his father. And as that happened, this faith rose up within him. And he went, I'm not standing for that. I'm going, I'll, I'll go. Just like me when I went to the pub. And he was like Goliath a little bit, actually, this guy that I faced. But when I went to the bar, just like that, it was, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was scared. But there was nobody else going. There was no other Christians going. There was plenty of Christians in the community, but I didn't see any go to that area. And like David, he went, and what happened? He seen his brothers, and they were like, what are you doing here? But they were just talking to each other, talking about it, talking about it. And you know what David went, what David did? He acted on it. So he stood up, didn't he, to Goliath, and he said, how dare you? How dare you? come against the armies of the living God. How dare you slander my God? And he stood his ground and he did what he, what he could do. He did his bit and God did the rest. And you know what that was? That was a doorway into his future. Because you know what happened off the back of that? He became, well, off the back of that, he, uh, he got his wife, didn't he? Uh, Michael, he was given his wife. He never paid taxes again. I wouldn't mind that one. That's not a bad one. Never paid any taxes again. His favor just went to new levels. He became famous within, you know, Saul has slain his, ten, his thousands, David his ten thousands. You know, it became, it became what he is, what, what he was, a man after God's own heart. One act changed his life. One act changed his life. Because he stepped through his fear. Because sometimes God puts your favor for your future in the hand of your foes. And that's what he did. And I believe... Well, I believe with the scripture, what this, this whole thing, to sum, summarize it, the whole thing, it's talking about what Jesus did for lost people. So I kind of see it like back to front in a way, like verse 18 where it talks about what Jesus did is, is he, he died for those that didn't know him. And then our response off, off the back of that should be to go and to step out in situations. Um, so I guess some of us don't feel like we've got what it takes to, to slay lions or, or, uh, or bears. I guess some of us don't feel we can do that. You know, David, he, he killed his lions, he killed his bears before he faced his Goliath. 
most of us were like lions and bears. We don't even want to go there. And, and I, I believe that problem is we're, we're staring at our lions. We stare at the lion instead of staring at the lion of Judah. What we're doing is we're staring at our fears instead of staring at the fearless one. We need to start looking at him instead of looking at the, the problem or, or the thing that makes us afraid. David didn't look at Goliath. Do you know what he did? He looked at his father. He looked at the warrior of heaven. That's what he did. He stepped out in faith. When you step out in faith, what you're doing is you're looking at him instead of looking at your problem. And all the Lord is saying is, would you step out for me? So no matter, you, I'm not saying you have to go to a bar where there's where where scary people and murderers and stuff. That was my thing. I'm not saying that's your thing, but your thing could be go, to go to your next door neighbor. Or like Amanda, last night she went home from the training and she felt like, I didn't quite do enough, I want to do a bit more. So she went to a neighbor and led her neighbor to Jesus using the, the tool that she'd been taught. It can be anything for you, as long as you're stepping that little step to say to God, okay, I'm going to step into my, my, my future here. I'm going to step through my doorway and, and, uh, through faith. And we don't do it because we think, oh, something might c- come after. We do it because we love him. And for me, I fell in love with Jesus when, when I met him. And like David, I just love David's heart. Just imagine him there before, you know, the stars and all the sheep, just by himself, the runt of the litter, the man that nobody wanted, the brother that wasn't even worthy to be brought before uh, the prophet. He was there with God, just loving God, just pouring his heart out to God. And do you know what? God sees your heart. God sees your heart. That's what he's looking at today. And even though if you've never been anywhere or done anything, he's looking today and he's saying, will you go for me? Would you go for me? That's what he's asking you. Would you go? And what an opportunity it is to go. I guess what it comes down to is the treasure. Where's your treasure at? The scriptures say, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is. What is your treasure this morning? Who is your treasure? If you think about football, who's your, if, you, if you have a football team that you love, we don't need to do conferences to, to teach people how to speak about the football team. We don't do weekends away where we train you how to talk to your mates in the pub about your favorite football team. What happens is that your heart becomes so full, so full that it spills out your mouth. Whatever you love, music, for me it was music, for some it's football, for some it's your family. Whatever, whatever has your heart will spill out your mouth. So what the Lord is saying and what he wants, he wants, he wants to have your heart. Because you know what, evangelism, it's not, it's not like a, it's not compartmentalizing thing where this is evangelism. I don't even like saying that, evangelizing and that. Because it, for me, it's not that. It's not, I, I don't evangelize people. Do you know what I do? I just go and tell them about the one I love. That's all I'm doing. That's all you have to do. Just talk about the one you love. It's, it's quite easy. But what, what we do is we have this mindset where we think, I'm not an evangelist. I can't do this. But that's okay. All you have to do is fall in love with them and then go and talk to people about it. That's what evangelizing, that's what it is. Uh, and we can all do that really, can't we? So, <clears throat> this is, a, this is a, a beautiful picture that the Holy Spirit showed me of, a, of waves. Imagine waves on the ocean. This is what it's like. The, the waves are coming constantly, waves, all the time. And what we do, we stand there and we look at these waves and we think, yeah, that's powerful. But what the Lord's saying is that my gospel is like a wave. My heart is like a wave. It moves like this. It's always moving. Do you want to be a part of it? So, so what you can do is you can look at the wave or you can ride the wave. And let me tell you, when you ride that wave, it's an adventure. It's so exciting. You're being in, uh, in, at one with, with the wave, uh, the rhythm 
of you and the wave is, is at one. I'm not a surfer, but you see people who surf and it just looks amazing, exhilarating. But let me tell you what I am. I am an evangelist. And what I've found is that when I step out and when I move as one with that wave of the gospel, with the wave of the Holy Spirit, it's so exciting. It's so exhilarating. I feel alive more than I've ever felt alive in my life. It's so, it's so exhilarating to be at one with, with your Father, to be at one with the whole of heaven, with the cloud of witnesses, with everybody who's like, come on, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can step out for, for your King. You can step out for Jesus. And all you have to do is step and, and have a go. Jump onto the wave. And you may say, Scott, I can't surf. Well, I can't either. But you know what? We have a God that takes, takes people from being zeros into heroes, as Ryan Bonke once said. He qualifies the unqualified. We have a God who takes people who don't feel they can do it. He takes shepherds, people that aren't even worthy to be brought before uh, the prophets to be anointed. He takes shepherds and he makes them the greatest of the greatest. He makes them the people who are after his own heart. He takes drug addicts who are in the gutter, which is what I was. And now he puts me here speaking before you beautiful people. That's what the Lord does. Do you know why? Because he looks at your heart. So no matter what your background, no matter what your personality type, what he says today to you is, would you go on that wave? Will you let me teach you how to surf? Will you let me teach you how to surf? But if you don't get your feet wet, it ain't gonna happen. You gotta walk into the water first. That's the first thing you gotta do. Take your shoes off. Walk into the water. Let's do it bit by bit, step by step. And eventually you're gonna have the courage to step onto the wave and you're gonna fall over, but it's okay because you can get back on. You get back on your board and you try again. What an opportunity we have as the church to partner with the Holy Spirit in bringing this great kingdom alive and bringing this, this kingdom of God onto earth. What an opportunity. And I just want to finish by saying, by just smashing a lie of the devil. The devil's a liar. He's the father of lies. Uh, he, he just lies. And I want, to, I want to smash a lie today here. The gospel it is not... It's not unnatural, it's not awkward. And people out there, they are, they are dying to hear this gospel. They're dying to hear it from you. Like it says there, to have, give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now the thing is, there's people that you meet and that's where your favor is that I ain't gonna meet them. But God, has, he's got them for you. He set them aside for you. They're the ones who want to know about you, about you. They want to know about the hope in you. They don't want to know about me, but they want to know about you. Like your neighbors or the people that you, you mix with, they want to know what is, it, what is it about John? What is it about Tracy? What is it about, there's something about these people that I just want to understand a bit more. And they're wanting to know, but they maybe won't ask you. So you've got you to jump on that wave and take a step of faith and speak to them. You know, and I just want to close by saying this. When, um, for me, uh, about, about two months ago, I felt the Holy Spirit stirring me to, to put up a big tent in a community, uh, in, in different communities, and just share the gospel. For me, that was my way of, I guess, stepping out again, you know, of, of going further, of, of taking a bigger wave, of, of trying to, to ride a bigger wave. I put this, I put this tent in, in uh, five different estates, the roughest estates in our community. We put it up, me and my new believers, because uh, these guys are bold. And you know yourself, when you first get saved, you can't shut up about Jesus. The problem is we just get a bit comfortable and a bit warm and we go quiet again. But these guys, these new believers, they came with me and we put a tent up and we just invited the community and we told them about Jesus. And then in the evening, we had a bit of music and we shared a couple of stories. 
One night, this lad Stuart, 26 years of age, he, he stood up to the front. He had nine death threats from the paramilitaries uh, against him. He was in and out of prison, drug dealer, violent man, all this sort of stuff. He stood up at the front and he began to cry as he felt the touch of the Holy Spirit. His brother said, his brother had got saved a couple of months before, he said, I've never seen my brother cry, ever. He was like the guy who had it, kept it all together, protected the family. Stuart never cried. His brother seen him crying in this tent as he felt this love flowing through him, as he felt the Holy Spirit. Then what happened was, two and a half weeks later, Stuart died. He went camping with his girlfriend and he never woke up. Two and a half weeks later, after this bad man, this man who'd, who'd done all these wrong things, made all these mistakes, two and a half weeks later. Do you know what happened in those two and a half weeks? He was in the hairdress, he was talking about Jesus. People came into his home, he reprimanded them for swearing. His mother couldn't believe the change in this young man. This, man, he, this son of hers was a problem child. Her whole life, all he did would cause her headaches and stress and worry. And then suddenly she's got a new son. She has a son for two and a half weeks. It's, he's not the son she, she's had for 26 years. He's a different man. When they buried him, they buried him with his Bible and with the t-shirt that, that, that we wore at our mission. That's what they buried him in. Do you know his whole family's been saved? His whole family came to Jesus. And do you know why? Because I thought, I'm gonna try and surf a wave a little bit bigger. I'm gonna see how, how high you can go with this thing. I'm gonna see how much I can trust the one that I love. Because when I look at what Jesus did for me, when I look at that cross, which is what everything boils down to, when I look at the cross and I see my savior, arms open wide saying, Scott, I love you so much. I'm gonna make a way for you to come, to come across. When I see that and when I feel that, uh, when I'm alone with, with Jesus and when I feel his love, what is my response? I can come to church, I can sing some songs, yeah, but that's not enough. My response is to, is to validate why he died. My response is to say, Jesus, you gave everything for them. I, I wanna just give my little bit for you. So my challenge to you today is, would you just step a little bit more? Would you take your shoes and socks off? Would you, would you come into the, the ocean? And I'll teach you how to surf. Or the Holy Spirit will teach you how to surf. We'll do whatever we can to help you. But all he wants you to do is just take a little step of faith. And I believe that he will honor you. I believe that he'll teach you how to share it. All he has to do is just capture this heart. And trust me, don't think too much about it. Just let it flow and let it flow. So can I pray? Uh, just be before we finish. The Holy Spirit, I thank you for your love, Lord. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're the one that empowers us to go. You're the one that fires us up, that stirs us with this desire to want to please Jesus more. Holy Spirit, you give us this, there's just this urge to want to please our Savior. You just want to want to just validate his sacrifice, but just want to share this wonderful gospel, this gospel that's life-changing. And I just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would fall afresh on everyone in this room right now. Lord, I pray that you just awaken something in them. Lord, wherever, uh, wherever their spirit uh, has, has fallen asleep, Lord, wherever they feel like they, they don't have what it takes, I ask you to awaken them. Lord, I thank you that you don't, you don't uh, bring guilt to us, Lord, but you do nudge us with a gentle tap and say, son, I want you to be part of this adventure. Daughter, I want you to be part of this adventure. So Holy Spirit, would you touch everyone in this room right now? And I wanna, uh, 
I want to give you an opportunity, just like I always do, if it's two people or 200. I, I just want to say, if you're here today and you feel something inside of you stirring, and you feel that you, you haven't even begun this adventure, you don't even know this Jesus uh, that we've been talking about this morning, then I just want to ask you to, uh, if you want to respond to Jesus, he's knocking at your heart this morning. You have the handle. If you want to let him in, and I'm just going to ask you in this, uh, this moment while everyone has their eyes closed, just to raise your hand. Uh, just, just briefly so we can see you and we can pray for you after. God bless you, sir. If there's anybody else who just, you just want to respond, you just want to say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you in a real way. I want to make, I want to make this thing personal. I want to begin this adventure. I want to go on this adventure with you, if that's you. Just give you a moment more. Just raise your hand. Don't worry about the person next to you. Just say, Jesus, I want to know you. You respond. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Is there anybody else? He loves you so much. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we ask you to just awaken us. Awaken us, Father, to, to the opportunities that we have, Lord, to walk through a door that could change our future. We love you, Jesus.